0: good evening everyone. How's everybody? All right. So let's let's get into the word uh, entering in. Let's uh, get into the word. And uh, we'll go to John 14. Let's go to John 14. And don't forget John 14. Uh, John 14, and we'll start here with, uh, uh, we're going to start here with verse 6. So we've been talking about entering in, and and, and today we're going to highlight the value of, uh, uh, it's, it's very hard for us to enter into God's presence without going through Jesus, without going through Jesus. You know, you can't really enter in a fellowship with God without touching Jesus first. Sort of like it's very hard to have a, fellowship with jesus without touching the holy spirit first you know jesus is the gift to the sinner the holy spirit is the gift to the believer but saturated in the spirit helps us to enter in and out of uh well in the presence of god and we enter into the kingdom by through jesus but let's look here at john 14 6 and if we if we lock in and take notes and pay attention you know, even though some of this stuff seems super, when I seen is supernatural and is outside of our natural mind and control, um, we can cross over to experience some things like we've never had before. All right. So, John 14, 6, it says, uh, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I am the way and the truth and the life. No man cometh to the Father, but by me. And just to, you know, just to give you a little background on, on, on why Christ has that statement, because, you know, originally you got Adam and Eve in the garden there with God, in the presence of God. Uh, what he, what Christ did was, uh, uh, no, Adam and Eve, I'm sorry, that's where I was at. uh. They were with God, and then, of course, after sin, then they're outside of the presence of God. They were in the presence of God. After, after sin, they were outside of the presence of God. But the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The payment for sin is death. So that means when you separate yourself from the presence of God, in all honesty, we're supposed to be dead. <laughs> um, and so what Christ did, God sent Christ to die for us, to die for our sins. And so uh, the scripture says, uh, let's look at uh, Hebrews. Since I committed to give you the scriptures, you can study them for yourself. So Let's look at Hebrews nine. This is like we were talking on Sunday. Talking about on Sundays, like it's so interesting how we're so casual with you know whether we're going to be a part of the blessing or the curse. You know, like we're just casual with it. Like we're freelancing. Like it, you know. Uh, kind of from the angle of, like, whatever, you know, when we should be, like, more intentional, you know. Uh, All right, so Hebrews 9. This wasn't in my notes, so I got to find it. Uh, Verse 22. It says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin. There's no removal of sin without the shedding of blood. Why? Life is in the blood. So when the sin requires a death, when Jesus shed his blood, he gave his life by shed- the shedding of his blood. So, so every time we plead the blood, we're basically saying, look, you know, the price has already been paid, you know. Um, and so... Again, we can't get to God without touching Christ, and we've been talking about entering in. So, how am I going to enter into the presence of God uh, without one accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Let's go to John three. John three, and so so John three. We go. We'll start with verse three here. It says, "And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see." the kingdom of God except a man be born again it's hard for him to even see the kingdom of God so you know you don't strive for something that you don't believe that exists and it's hard to believe something that exists that you can't see you don't believe something that you can't see but if you're if you're not born again it's hard to see it so Nicodemus said unto him how can a man be born when he is old can he enter can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born which is a an obvious question. So Jesus answered and broke it down. He said, Verily, verily I say unto thee, Except a the man be born of water, which is how we're born when we're born in the natural, we're submerged in water. The water breaks and we we're birthed into this earth realm. So he said, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So being submerged in water is how you entered into the earth realm, but Now, you have to be submerged in the spirit to enter into the spirit realm. So uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we have to be submerged, right? And then, okay, so let's go to Luke, making a little case here before we get into why God set up Jesus the way he did and what we actually have access to. All right, so uh, we go Luke 20, Luke 13, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, 24 through 27. So again, we're talking about entering in, and we're saying the key to entering in is going through Christ. And we said in um, uh, John 14, 6, no, uh, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And then we read John 3, uh, 3 through 6. But uh, except you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. If you're not born of water and of the spirit, you can't even enter into the kingdom of God. Right. And then what did I tell you? 13 verse 24. It says, strive, strive, put all your effort to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able to. So there's a whole lot of people that's trying to enter in, but not be able to. It says, whence once the master of the house has risen up and has shut the door, and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, and saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not. Hence, uh, whence ye are. Like, where are you? Where is basically my, my authentic design, my truth? Remember, he said, I'm the truth and the way of the life. So God designed you a certain way, so you have to you can't cloak yourself with the world and try to enter into his presence. You know, because now you're the compromised you, not the authentic you. It says then uh, then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not. Whence are you? Again, where are you? He says, Depart from me, all ye workers of inequity. You know, basically, you're living in compromise, but you expect to to walk into his kingdom. Verse 28 says, There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. Right? So it's like, you know, we can't decide uh, to just slip in without doing the things to enter in, right, and so it says a straight gate. So we know that uh, narrow is the way that leads to life and peace, and and uh, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Matthew seven thirteen, right? All right, so here he's talking about enter into the straight gate. So there's a particular way, uh, from what I'm reading here, to get into his presence. Let's go to Philippians two. Again, making a case, building a foundation, so you can go study it out yourself. Philippians, what did I tell you, two? Philippians three, I apologize. Philippians three. You know, a lot of times people pick up the Bible during the week and they go, you know, I just don't know where to start. Well, we have a, you know, a preaching and teaching ministry, so there's plenty of stuff to study throughout the week if you just get into the Word. And if you go back to our Word Thirst or... Uh, understanding the Word of God teaching, we, we, we went through all the different ways to study through the Bible. So take all these scriptures scriptures, and find the reference, reference the references. You know, before you know it, you get so into the Word um, and you'll start to uh, discover more revelation and more insight and it'll become more real to you. So it gives you some things to keep yourself busy during the course of the week, uh, during the course of the week when you're at the car wash, course of, course of the week where you're waiting on something, doing commercials. You know, if you're watching the game, you got plenty of time to really get into the word, you know, instead of sitting around. I was at the doctor's office, um, and they, uh, you know, they had me waiting for quite some time. But I wasn't tripping because, you know, I had all my notes on my phone. I was just studying, you know. So they came in, it was like, we didn't forget about you, which I think they did forget about me. Uh, We didn't forget about you. Um, uh, We'll do the x ray in a little while. So I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm in here studying. You know, then the doctor came back. He was like, did they do your x-rays yet? I said, nah, you know, I had the x-ray on my rib, you know. So, uh, but uh, I study. I got some good studying. As opposed to, man, I can't believe these people got me waiting all this time. You could use the time to study in the locker room. At halftime, you could be studying. I know a guy at halftime of our games well, right before the game would start, he always, he had his Bible with him. He would be pulling out the Bible because I told him some stuff I used to do. So, uh, Antoine Smith, I'm going to give you a little shout-out, Antoine. And we, we would have practice at early 6 o'clock in the morning for our team. He would be on the side, you know, before we start our drills, he would have his Bible out, you know. And then I've done halftime besides eating oranges and stuff, like have, people ain't listening to the speech anyway. <laughs> They will get out and make up for the for messing up so you could read, right? Right? I thought I slipped that in there for the the budding athletes we got here. Keep ourselves from, you know, protected, right? Covered, right? You know, from injury and stuff. Anyway, so let's go John 10. Let's read John, John 10. <laughs> Philippians 3? Okay, so... Listen, it's in triplet. So you got, got Philippians 3, Philippians 3. You didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Philippians 3. Oh, you're right. You guys are right. All right. Well, <laughs> y'all got me good with that one, boy. All right, Philippians 3 10. It says, uh, uh, That I may know him, we talking about Christ here, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, uh, his restrained retaliation being made conformable unto his death. This is, if by any means I may obtain unto the res- resurrection of the dead. So I want to, you know, we live our life out of resurrection. I was talking to uh, uh, Felipe earlier today, and we was just talking about, you know, he's been following all the word. And, you know, I said, you know, so I was, I was, talking, to, I was, talking, I was talking to somebody else, uh, another pastor today, you know, and, and I know why we were talking. So I just, you know, we're sharing some stuff. And I said, so I so I walked away, and I was like, Well, Lord, the the person didn't ask me, but I knew they had a need, so I shared the information. I you know just downloaded the information, you know, uh, you know, even though it was fresh raima in our house. So the Lord said, Yeah, He says, uh, He says, but Keith, like, <laughs> I hope he has the right motive. See, so so you can't teach out of uh entertainment you can't teach out of desperation you know you can't teach out of fear like let's say if, if if we were needy we can't teach out of the need you you have to teach out of resurrection so you die in the presence of god you go in the presence of god and you die in the presence of god god resurrects you and then you teach out of that revelation you know so the, so it's important that um it's important that we know him and the power of his resurrection. Everything Christ said is, is, is it's because he was risen. It's, remember he kept saying, I'm not speaking my own words. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, like I, I'm, I'm gone. Everything that I breathe is because of God that resurrected me. So we have to say to ourselves, is everything we breathe and everything we doing is because God has resurrected us or we, are we in our own flesh? Are we in our own strength? Have we decreased or as Paul said have we died daily uh, john three thirty I I decreased the human increase so so that's what's the important thing so it doesn't necessarily come across the same because you've mimicked it you know um the the one person taught out of resurrection the other person taught out of uh mimicking <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it doesn't doesn't work that way so that's why you know I want to know him so it's the thing is 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 we have to go through Christ to get uh, to get what we need to express all that we are. Okay, so let's go to John ten. John ten, and, and we're going somewhere. I'm just setting a little foundation. This is all just foundation for us, uh, just so you have scriptures. Um, so John ten, we'll start. Uh, we're going to read verse two, verse seven, and verse ten. We can read the whole thing, but just let's, we just we're gonna start here, at verse two. Huh? Eh, we'll start at verse one. It says, Very rarely I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. So 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 so, so remember we talked about the straight gate, you, you're coming through Christ. We, we, there's no work around here, right? Right. We're coming through Christ. It says, but he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Right. Who comes by the door. Right. And then it says uh, to him, the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his, his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And let me see. Verse seven. It says, then said Jesus unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. So he says, "You come in by the door. I'm the door." And uh, so we don't have all the time for this, but this is an old, old teaching. I taught this ages ago. But if, if with at that door, that doorway right there, there's part of the sanctuary and there's part of the hallway. That's the door, so the door represents both parts. It's the in-between part. So, so Jesus is the door because he has he has both heaven and earth. He's he's he's. You know, you got access to both heaven and earth at the door. So he says, "Come into the door." This is this is your way f- from the earth realm into the the heaven realm or the or the spiritual realm, right? So he says, "I am the door." And then s uh, seven and then ten. It says, "The thief cometh not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that you might have life, and that you might have that more abundantly." Right? And then let's go to Hebrew six. You know, a lot of scriptures, but they'll all make a lot of sense here in a little bit. So we so we've determined from uh uh John 14 6 is one of the first scriptures we read. where I tell you, you go? Hebrews. All right, so John 14, 6 that I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No man comes to the Father, what? But by me, right? John 14, 6. Then we read through um uh uh John 3. Huh? Oh, that's not my notes, but we did read through Hebrews 9. That's cool. We did read through Hebrews 9 because we were talking about the blood, and we talked about uh, uh, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin, you know, right? Because life is in the blood. Hebrews 9, 22. We did include that. I, I, I pulled on that one. That wasn't written. Um, and then uh, John 3, uh, set the man be born again, he can't enter, he can't see the kingdom of God, right? John 3, 3. John 3, 5, except you be born of water, submerged in water, just like you were born in water, and submerged in the Spirit, born of the Spirit, you can't enter into the kingdom of God. So uh, then we uh, we talked about Luke, Luke 13 coming into the straight gate, coming into the straight gate. Philippians uh, 3, I, that that I may know him in the, the uh, uh Fellowship with the suffering, but also in his resurrection, right? In Philippians uh three, ten, and then and then John ten, he's the door, right? John, John, John ten, two, seven, and ten. The, Jesus is the door, right? So you've you gotta enter in the door, you're entering by Jesus. And here, Hebrews six, and let's go with Hebrews six, nineteen. Yeah, let's just do 19. It says, for which hope we have, for which hope, which hope, intense expectancy uh, we have, you know, uh, as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enter- entereth into that within the veil. So entering beyond the veil, beyond, you know, you know, the priest would go, you had to sacrifice the the uh, the sacrifice on the brazen altar. They would go to the brazen basin and cleanse themselves. Then they would go into the holies of holies beyond the veil to uh, pray for the atonement of, of those that sin. So this says entereth in beyond the veil. So when we're entering out of the natural realm into the spirit realm, we're going beyond the veil. Right? And then uh, verse 20, it says whether the forerunner is for us entered entered." Even Jesus, so Jesus went in beyond the veil before us, is what it's saying. Look, it says made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So hopefully, uh, 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 yeah, Amelia's listening. So this 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 uh, uh, feed your Melchizedek insight that you've been getting. All right, so so it says Jesus entered in ahead of time. So I'm gonna read this out of the message. But I'm going to read Hebrews 6, 13 through 20 out of the message. It says, when God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt, putting his own reputation on the line. So, you no, know, he swore by himself is what the King James Version says. He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. Abraham stuck it out and got everything he had been prom- that had been promised to him. When people make promises, they guarantee them uh, by appeal to some authority above them so that if there is any question that they'll make good on the promise, the authority will back them up. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word, a rock-solid guarantee. God cannot break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. Who uh, uh, We who have run... Uh, for our very lives, look, we who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go, right? The, the thought is that we've run with our very lives to God, right? That's the assumption there. But but we have every right to grab hold of the promise with two hands and never let go. You promised me, you promised me, you promised me. I mean, that could be our prayer, you know, for the whole week, but you promised, you know, that's what the kids do, right? But you said, you promised, right? Right? Uh, it is an unbreakable spiritual lifeline. It's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances right into the very presence of God where where Jesus running on ahead of us has taken up his permanent post as high priest for us in the order of Melchizedek. So this is saying that I'm grabbing hold of these promises. Now, part of this promise is being in the presence of God. It says, "But, but I'm right. You know, if I do this thing right, if I lay hold on this thing, I enter into the presence of God." It says, "But Jesus is out ahead of me, so I'm running to harmonize with Jesus. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father. But it, I'm running to harmonize with Jesus, so I have the same access he does. Look, I'm fellowshipping with his." suffering or his death, burial. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It's not I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me, right? So once I harmonize and become as one with Christ, what, what Christ has access to, I have access to, right? Now, then this says he's out ahead of us, but he's out ahead of us, and he's been established in the order of Melchizedek, right? Now, remember, he's the door. So as the door, on each side of the door, you have heaven and earth, right? He's in the middle, so he has both a part of heaven and a part of earth attached to him, right? Right. But, but in the beginning, God created heaven and earth at the same time. He wanted them all to connect. But then it goes on to extend it to He's made the order of Melchizedek. You know, and I, I know for years people have read through that. And they're like, so, so, so what's the whole Melchizedek thing? Well, even if you go back in uh, Genesis when he was talking about it, you know, when he blessed him, he says, I'm blessing you, uh, you, know, you know, you've been blessed by God, the possessor of heaven and earth, right? That, is, that, that holds the head of heaven on earth. Well, Melchizedek uh, was, uh, was so established as a high priest because he had, uh, he didn't have one anointing on him, he had two. He had the kingly and the priestly anointing on him. So Jesus has the kingly and the priestly anointing on him. So, so there's, you know, so you have, you know, some of us, you know, we've been a cho- or royal priesthood, a chosen generation. You know, so there's the priestly, there's a priestly power, or anointing. Uh, the anointing is the burden-removing, uh, yoke-destroying power of God, right? So Jesus had both kingly and priestly because, see, Jesus is what? Savior and Lord, right? He's Savior and Lord. So when we connect to him, we have access to the—I'm going to explain. I'm not going to just leave you out there hanging out. So what difference does it make? Uh, So there's the kingly and the priestly anointing. Now, now we did a teaching on the anointings. All these things connect, you know, but, you know, maybe they'll make more sense. And And we broke them down. There's three different anointings. There's the leper's anointing. You might want to write this down, (laughs) right? There's the leper's anointing. There's the, you know, I know that sounds kind of gruesome, but I'll explain it. Uh, There's the leper's anointing. There's the, uh, well, priestly anointing, then the kingly anointing. And see, see, this is the thing. By him uh, carrying those two anointings, being both king and priest, he carried both anointings, so he he wasn't just filled with the gifts, but he had the ability to impart gifts. Well, which I, which I'll explain here in a little bit, and so and why it's so valuable. See, the, when we harmonize with something, what you're bathed in is what you draw from. What you're bathed in, what you're you know, we use the word submerged or buried in. So if you're buried in lust, that's what you're going to pull on. So 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 this is the key. So let's say, uh, you know, uh, all right, so so. <laughs> I was playing ball this morning With a guy And so you know this guy He's you know He's played uh, in, in Europe uh, He's played about three years In Europe Actually we did the, We did their uh, Their uh, Premarital um, And uh, so He uh, So this guy He's young He's in his 20s And so he was struggling He was struggling today You know So Now I'm the I'm the older guy But I had to make all the shots today. And so and so I was talking to him later, I said, listen, so you're preparing yourself to the, for the next level. I said, so you can shoot. I said, man, you're a knockdown shooter. You could dribble, you could dribble, you could do all those things. I said, but at the next level, that's not how you get in. You don't get in just on talent. There's all types of people who run fast, jump high. I mean, it's phenomenal people, they do all types of stuff. They don't get in, you get in with this. You know, now, now we know you get in with favor, right? Which, which, I'm not going to get to the whole blessing teaching, but, but I, I noticed something like I watch people that they're, that fear is almost like their uh, uh, riding partner. Like fear is always like right here. Wherever they go, fear is just sitting right there all the time. But what you're submerged to is what you draw from. If you submerge yourself in the world, the world can only offer you fear. The world can only offer you circumstances. Then after the flesh, mind the things of the flesh, right? I mean, that, that's what the scripture says, right? In Romans eight, uh, 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 six. But five says, then after the spirit, mind the things of the spirit, or, or both of, I think that whole passage is five, verses five and six, Romans eight, five and six. And so if we submerge ourselves in Christ, and the anointing one and the Christ means the anointed one and the anointing. That's what the word Christ means. So then we that's what we draw from. So we draw from king and priest, the anointing, the anointing one, and the anointing, the king and priestly anointing. But if we submerge ourselves in the flesh, we're drawing from circumstances, fear, lust. And, and those things weaken you. They, they cloud you. you ever like, that's not what I meant. Or... I said that or, or like, how come I didn't see that? It was right there because you're clouded, not because you're evil, you're clouded. And so you, 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 and even though you could be Christian, you could be in the Bible, you could have been in, 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 in ministry for 20, 30 years. If you're in lust, your vision is impaired by that much. And you can tell because you're very defensive. It's you're very defensive. Why? Because your flesh doesn't know how to accept flaws. But the spirit man understands as, as natural, that's normal. The flesh hides. The, the spirit is totally exposed. And then, but your mind will convince you like it's okay. Right? So God is trying to get us to enter into his presence because now we're walking in the spirit. We're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. See, the the, the lust of the flesh is trying to, it's a a desire. It's trying to pull you in to quench its desire. When the spirit is indeed willing to get you to quench its desire. It's it's not not rocket science. It's simple. And so sometimes we tempt ourselves, well, you know, I've been doing pretty spiritual for a good little while. So, you know, I'm just going to take like a, you know, I'm going to just take like a, you know, just a day break in in the flesh. But you, you, You go blind at that point, but you don't, there's no, uh, you know, you have a check engine light. There's no check engine light to let you know you're blind. You actually believe you can see and you do see something. It's not what you see is what you can't see. What's, what's stumbling, what's stumping us, what's causing us as we were talking on Sunday, the cursing and all that is what we can't see. But pride and flesh will tell you, you see everything. And you, and you may think you see everything because of your experience or because of your own longevity, because of your age, or because of your expertise. But, but none of us see everything. I don't see everything. Like, I, every day I'm trying to find out what I, I don't know. I'm trying to, uh, how can I put it? I'm trying to clear my vision more and more every day. After the, uh, the pastor I was talking to, he said, well, let me ask you some questions. So he asked me a question about some passages in the Bible. I said, well, you know, I studied that stuff out like... I mean thoroughly. Like I have a, a, I composition notebooks when I first started get, really getting into work. And I would just write every scripture. So this particular topic, I wrote every scripture, studied out every reference on this particular topic. But I said, let me tell you something, man. I said, as much as I've studied that out, it still might be something I don't see. I said, because I notice I'm reading through what, what I'm teaching on uh, Sunday. I, I see more. Same scriptures, but I see more. But, but I'm, I'm pressing into his presence at another level. I'm, every time, I, every year, I grow closer to his presence. So I'm gonna see more. So I can't just be living off of how I saw before. So I told him, I said, listen, we can talk about, we can go over what I have seen, we can go over, you might have some different insight. I said, but I'll go study it some more because I may see something else that I didn't see before. As opposed to, ah oh, man, I studied that back and day. let me break this down to you. See, that's dangerous. Because you're assuming you know all things. You assume that's it. What you discovered is all there is to be discovered. And that's a level of arrogancy and pride. And so, 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 you know, again, not because we, we're not arrogant and pride because we're evil. We're arrogant and prideful because of the flesh. Is, is, is no, I'm just gonna be arrogant and prideful today. There's no benefit to that. It's it's it just happens before you even can, like sometimes you're inside your body going, oh, no, no, don't listen to him. No, no, oh, why you say something like that? I, I've looked at tapes, I've, I've ministered, I looked at the video, uh, we was watching, uh, I taught on transparency back in Ohio. And so, you know, people, that ah, was great. Uh, my wife was like, oh baby, that was wonderful. I said, babe, I looked at that thing for like 10 minutes, I couldn't take it. She said, "No, no, that was a good message. I said, yeah, but I ain't like that dude that was teaching. It was me, obviously, but I just couldn't. I just didn't like the package. It just seemed too, too, too edgy. Like too, I, I just too. Uh, I'm gonna use the word pompous. To me, that's how it seemed. To me, I just didn't like it. I was. I couldn't. To this day, I haven't seen the rest of that teacher. I was like, man, why not trying to hear that guy? Because <laughs> I would listen to the video so I can learn too, as the audience. I was like, man, come on, man. You got you gotta do better than that. You see what I'm saying? Cause but I wasn't. That day, I wasn't trying to be uh, uh, pompous or edgy or whatever, but that's the way it came out. So what was I submerging to? Or, or what did I allow in? You know, uh, did, did I allow somebody on the basketball court to get me all up in the flesh that day? I, I don't know, like, I don't mean, I remember, but I'm just saying. So, so again, it's not, it's not your intent, but it is your package. Does that make sense? All right, so, so, so again, we're talking about these three anointings here. So what you're bathed in is what you draw from. That's where I ended up, right? And so we said the lepers, the priestly, and the kingly. So I'm going to talk about the lepers' anointing because it's, it's a stage that we deal with. Now, and I'm going to explain to you why Jesus didn't necessarily even need the lepers' anointing. All right, so the lepers' anointing, um, so okay, so, so just to try work work with me here because I got to parallel some things. So when we accept Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior and we're saved, we experience what is called the indwelling of the Spirit. You know, John 4.14, uh, the Spiritism is like a well, you know, that that, that I'm drawing something out. Like a well, well just sits there. You got to draw out of the well. But the water is in there. It's dwelling in there. So... We experience the indwelling. The Holy Spirit comes in and regenerates or renews our spirit, our spirit man. Because that's what that's what died first. It hasn't manifested in the flesh yet, thank God. But if we keep feeding that spirit, eventually what what started on the inside eventually manifests on the outside. But the wages of sin is death. Our spirit man starts to die. We accept Jesus Christ, His death, His blood sacrifice. And the Holy Spirit comes in and indwells in us, right? So that's the indwelling of the Spirit. So a lot of times you talk to people about uh, this next one, which will be the infilling of the Spirit. That's what we call the baptism of the Spirit. That's when uh, you are filled with the gifts, the uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, 1 Corinthians 12, right? And that's John 7. It says, uh, uh, shall be like in me a in me, uh, 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 river of water, right? Yeah, we're a river water. The river, is, it just keeps flowing. Something comes in, something goes out. It just keeps flowing. It's just a constant flow. So John 7, he says, but this he spake of the Holy Spirit, John 7, 37 through 39, right? So that's the infilling of the Spirit. So that means I have the indwelling, but I it, in, it from the inside, it fills me up, right? And that's when I start speaking in the unknown tongue in my spiritual language, right? And that's when the gift starts to operate. I'm, you know, uh Jude 20, I'm uh, building yourself up in your most holy sp- uh, faith, right? Right? Uh, Ephesians, praying in the spirit, you know, Jesus, you know, so so that's the infilling. A lot of times you start talking to people about the infilling, they old school, they be like, I got the spirit. You know, it's like a pride. We talking about I got the spirit. Nobody didn't say you had the spirit. We're talking about the infilling. We ain't talking about the indwelling. See, it's the difference. So the indwelling takes place at the new birth. The infilling takes place at the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Then you have what, what was experienced on the day of Pentecost, the outpouring. This is The Spirit poured on all those people like a dove. Uh, stuff starts shaking in the room, right? Things start moving, or oh, we, we did the thing last, uh, uh, we showed you the video, move of the Spirit. Well, this is an outpouring in the building, right? You know, people, uh, people doing stuff like it wasn't look, it wasn't in sync. It wasn't everybody it wasn't like everybody Mr. Sam was doing the two-step, you know. No, no, no. Folk was free. They was all over the place. I was watching something today. Now maybe I'll show that to y'all. Man, these 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 dudes had to be like 75. But man, they, they boy, they was gone. Like they was gone in the spirit. You know, it's a a video I have a, a Kenneth Hagen meeting from uh St. Louis from back in the day. I was just kind of uh uh looking through it. And uh so 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 that's an outpouring. That's an outpouring. That's so many people filled up and speaking out the in the spirit, and, and and all that harmony creates a presence of God that pours out into the place. All right, so so that's the outpouring. Now, how does this tie into the anointings? Because the indwelling, that's the lepers' anointing. And so what happens is, when you had lepers that was outside of the camp, they had to go through a cleansing. They, they, what they did was they put blood on them, you know, blood of a lamb or something, and then they put oil on them, which represents Christ and, and of course, the Holy Spirit, which just happens as salvation. We accept Christ and we're cleansed from our sins, and then we take on the in, we take on the indwelling of the Spirit at that time, right? So that's that's a. a that's the cleansing and the oil. So, so leprosy is a type of sin. Uh, and back then it was incurable natural, naturally, but only curable by God. You see what I'm saying? Only cure. So, so sin is the same. Man can do nothing to remove it and its effects. Like the man can't remove sin. The blood of Jesus is what removes sin, Right. Right. This says, behold, the lamb of God in John one twenty nine, who takes away the sin of the world. Right. And so, so, so back in uh, Leviticus 14, uh, 14 to 18, you can read through it. Uh, the lepers remained outside the camp and that the priest was to go out to him. Look, apply the blood sacrifice, bring him into the camp, apply, apply the blood again, and then apply oil, make an atonement for him before the Lord. Why? So, 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 again, that was the, the priestly anointing. So the sacrificial blood is, sy- is symbolic to Christ, of course. The application of the oil is symbolic to the to touch or the influence of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling, right? All right so so all, But all that stuff was just uh, representative of what was to come. And then what they would do is they would put the blood on their ear, their thumb, and their toe. So the ear was represent, it represents hearing. Because a lot of times see, we refuse to hear God's commandments and break them continually, John 10. You know, my sheep should be hearing my voice, right? And then the thumb represents service, right? We've been called to liberty, but don't use that liberty for an occasion to the flesh. So sometimes people go, well, you know, uh, so I'm under grace now, so I can do whatever I want. No, it's not supposed to be for occasion to the flesh. It's supposed to be for us to access the spirit and impact lives. That's Galatians 5, 13. And then the toes was represents your steps or you walk. So not walking in the ways of rebellion, wickedness, or strife, right? I mean, I know all this will be on the tape. I don't, I don't you know, for the sake of time, I got to keep moving so I can't stop to reemphasize it. right so you know hearing sins act, acts of sins and standing sins you know so that was the leper's anointing now Jesus didn't need the leper's anointing because Jesus came to take away the sins of the world so Jesus wasn't in need of salvation you see what I'm saying he wasn't he wasn't in need of cleansing he was the cleanser <laughs> right but 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 the priestly anointing so, so after the indwelling and there's the infilling, so that's the priest and the Lord. And this is what happens: some of us are still at the altar. Some, some people are still. Well, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I, I, I got the right hand of fellowship. Some people are still at the altar. You know, they're still at that 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 place where, you know, the scripture says you should have got, you should be beyond the 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 basics. Yeah, the the the, the basics, you know uh baptisms and, and all that stuff. He's like, man, you should be like you should be discipling folk at this point. Like you still going through the same stuff over and over and over? Like come on now you should be way past that as Hebrews. Alright, so the priestly anointing, of course that's that's the infilling. You know, we're cleansed through the blood of Jesus, born again and sealed with the Spirit. So now we should be moving to the priestly anointing. That's the anointing for ministry unto the Lord, uh included in uh, leading souls to Him, uh, but not service to Him in battles against uh, de- uh, the devil and diseases, but ministry to Him as priests, ministering to others. We that, that we should that priestly anointing is for ministry uh, for others. And so, so it's uh, it's people. All of us realizing all of us is called a full time ministry, full time, looking at who I talked to this week that I could give Jesus to, that I could tell them about. What I'm learning about Jesus. Or that, or was there an opportunity for sex, or there was an opportunity for a reputation? Or I just came around them so they could tell me how good I did something. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, but but this is a life here. This is a soul. Like I told you, young lady, the parents used to drop her off at uh, uh she was a youth, and her parents used to drop her off at the church all the time. All right, so. Her parents used to drop off at church all the time. And uh and so she was, she's probably like fifteen. And so she was I she said, you know, um my mom be tripping because of the people I'm around. She says, but they nice people. I said, Oh really? I said, Do you really care about them? She said, I do. I said, So have you accepted Jesus, your Lord and Savior? She said, Yeah. I said, So what are they getting? So so you going to heaven, right? She said, Yeah. I said, So where are they going? She was like, I never looked at it that way. From that day forward, I saw her and her friends at church, at youth ministry, because she was a leader. She just wasn't leading, right? So, so again, that, that's what that, that, that priestly anointing does. You know, uh, everybody may not be called a five-fold ministry, but we are in full-time ministry, <laughs> right? Uh, so, so baptism of the Holy Spirit gives us power to minister. Right? You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll be what? A witness to Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world, to to Charlotte, to North Carolina, and the uttermost parts of the world. Right? Different levels to your local body, outside of the body, and, and, and around the world. So that's that priestly anointing. So there's no long, no Lone Rangers. You're calling your ministry. Uh, is always uh, about the body. So we have to watch out when we, when we want to hold on to the priestly anointing, uh, watch out for an ambitious spirit. The world is ambitious. God's children are obedient. <laughs> Obedience makes the need for ambition obsolete. There's no need for ambition if you're obedient. But if you're not obedient, you you you'll find yourself. It's all about it's it's always jockeying for position. You know, you'll find yourself without even thinking about it, always making sure you're in a position with somebody you think have a levels of of influence because you don't believe that that God will uh, promote you and do what you have to do. So you so what you do is always you always are positioning yourselves, but that's not being obedient. Right? That's being ambition. Ambitious. So, when when the genuine priestly anointing has been experienced, there will be unity and harmony. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That's, you know, so that that it it brings us to fitly join together. So, it's not a one time anointing. We must keep being filled. The scripture says in Ephesians 5, it says, Be filled. Be filled with the spirit but the, the translation of that in the Greek says be being filled so stay filled up you read through the book of Acts the disciples were filled with the spirit and then it goes down a few chapters later they were filled again <laughs> right you, you think they were already filled no 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 they just kept getting they stayed you got to keep filling yourself up right um, the old covenant priests were anointed daily so are we <laughs> be being filled so sometimes we we get feel one time and we, we just trying to ride that out for the rest of our lives. You, you feel like you're anointed, but you ain't anointed. As <laughs> soon as you start feeling like you're anointed, you're not anointed. Because <laughs> it's not about you. Right? So you got to stay filled up. That's why we got to stay pressing in his presence. The, pre- the priestly anointing brings the presence of God, the communion, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Revelation comes with the leper's anointing we are introduced to god we are introduced to god in an extraordinary and wonderful way and we see our total need for jesus christ but we really don't understand much more so we we have the revelation of how much we need god there's a mental ascent i got to live i'm in the kingdom i got to live right right so that's that's what happens in the the uh the that leper's anointing, but we cross over to realize that my life is about other lives. You know, you you get past yourself. You know, a lot of times, you know, even if sin tries to enter in your heart, if you, if you operate in a priestly anointing, you're so busy about other people, it lifts, it doesn't stay. It can't stay, you know. You ever see the commercial with the, the, the stain fighting tide or whatever? And it shows like the stain is being lifted <laughs> up off the material. Well, that's what happens if you are really operating a, priest, a priest on it because you're so busy about other li- others' lives. God has to keep pouring his, um, his anointing on you. And it's the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. So when burdens come on you, they can't stick. You know, they can't stick. Um, but if your life is about yourself, uh, sin, lust, fear, can stick to self <laughs> think about was with oil to think about something that's oil it's kinda of hard to you know for for stuff to stick to it you know <laughs> it just slides right off right you know what i'm saying so if 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 you're operating that that level of anointing stuff um slides right off, so we got to stay keep uh being filled daily just keep this in mind uh. Just try to understand this. Tears today doesn't guarantee you're a terrorless tomorrow. Tears today doesn't guarantee you're a terrorless tomorrow. So, you know, you can you can be filled with the spirit. You can cry and be broken and stuff like that. The, it, it's not over. You still got to be filled up tomorrow. Like, but sometimes we can rest and you know, I really, you know, now, I had a real a real breakthrough. And that's not a bad thing, but that doesn't, that doesn't guarantee that you, you you won't be attacked. Remember, he's seeking whom he may devour. And he's definitely trying to devour those that are not operating in the anointing. So that priestly anointing. So you so again, salvation is I need to get cleansed up. Right? But but see, I'm cleansed, but I'm not necessarily converted. I'm in the kingdom, but now I got to be converted. Even when the children of Israel was delivered, right, they went right to the wilderness, <laughs> right? You know, like, the, so we got to purge out some, <laughs> you know, some of your, your old thinking so you don't take that old thinking into the promised land because you just destroy everything that I have for you, right? So, so just it, there's, uh, there's levels to this thing. And I think sometimes if we keep pressing, you know, we cross over into in, in, into a pocket or a place where you're filled with all the fullness of God, Ephesians 3:19. because that's what it really is about being filled with all the fullness of God, you know, not just mental assent, I, I believe I'm supposed to live right, and I believe that God is real, and I know I'm a sinner, thank you for my saving my sins, and then it's over. no, 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 you're saved for something. That was the challenge with the uh, the chosen generation back in the Bible. They didn't realize they were chosen for, not chosen to just say we chose it. And then the scripture says, okay, I chose them, and they got all arrogant, like, yeah, we chose, we chose. No, that wasn't the goal. The goal was to bring other people into the family. So now I engrafted you in. But if if I cast out the chosen, what do you think I'm going to do with you if you're just going to be arrogant and not? Value or appreciate why you're chosen. Like every day, our life should be about other people's lives. So, what, so we're we depressed because of what's happening to other people. Um, but it really was a question. Why? See, if my life is about others, I don't really have time to be depressed. God, you have to take care of my stuff. My cares are cast on you. But right now, I got to put all this energy in being there for other people, right? But we look past other people. We all we're focusing on ourselves. Uh they don't care about me. Nobody's thinking about me. They don't like me. Why is me even important? See, because we're we're, we're still in that we're still at the altar at that leper stage. We've been cleansed and now we go, now, "Now that I'm cleansed, it's all about me, right?" No, 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 no. It's all about others. You draw in it being all about you, right? Or you draw in what God wants you to have. So that crosses us over to the third level of anointing, and that's the kingly. And the kingly is that, you remember we told you, that's the outpouring. So you got the indwelling, lepers. You got the infilling, priestly. And then you got the outpouring with the kingly anointing. Now, the difference about the kingly anointing is the ability to impart, to transfer, to impact the physical and spiritual realms around you. See, a lot of people want that impact, but they don't know that that's uh, too much is given, much is required. Remember, uh, uh, Jesus uh, was talking to the disciples who, you know, were getting beyond just themselves and was actually going out doing some things, you know. And then, so big-time demon they couldn't handle, and and so the, you know Jesus basically cast the demon out. And uh, so they go back and talk later. Says, so, I mean, you 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 said you had power. You gave us some power. So how come we couldn't do this? Oh no, these come out by prayer and fasting. This is a whole nother level of entering in. You got to enter in at a whole nother level to to be able to affect whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatsoever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. Everything in the Bible is true and everything in the Bible, remember uh, God is everywhere but he doesn't manifest everywhere. <laughs> God's already everywhere, but He don't manifest everywhere. He manifests in prepared places, people that have set themselves apart, sanctified themselves. So to pull on that power, I gotta I gotta fast and pray at a whole nother level. Man, I can't do this at my convenience. I can't do this just watching TV all day. Sitting around sleep all day. It's just not gonna happen. I'm definitely not gonna do it if I'm feeding lust. I mean, I'm not gonna do nothing anointed. Not because I'm evil, it's just I haven't crossed over into that level. So that's that kingly anointing. And the interesting thing about the kingly anointing, nothing can compare to it. It's the most powerful of all anointings. It lifts a person to a place high in authority, of high authority in God. It lifts you to high authority in God. That's where you have authority over devils and the power to root out demons with one word, with just one word. This will give you the power to cause God's enemies to flee. Like similar to Paul. Like he just looked at, looked at the witch. Like seriously? Nah, I was just playing, Paul. Just chill, chill bruh. Right? This is when Jesus opened up his mouth in the synagogue and the unclean spirit jumped out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Is it my time? Like, come on, man. Well, it's just, see, that's, that's that keenly anointing in operation. Um. It's the most powerful, but it's the most difficult anointing to receive. It's the most difficult anointing to absorb. See, because the lepers come, the lepers anointing comes by accepting Jesus. The priestly by fellowship with Jesus. The kingly comes by obeying Jesus. So the lepers comes by just accepting Jesus. That's all I got to do is accept Jesus. The priestly comes by fellowship with Jesus. The kingly comes by obeying Jesus. That's why it's so hard to receive because it's so hard for us to be obedient. We want that power, but we're not obedient. I mean, you could change a room. You could change a stadium if you was operating in the kingly anointing. See, when God's uh, revelation pierces your being, it's just for a moment. But it, you're experiencing the kingly anointing. When it pierces your being, it's not just, man, that's that's some I never, th- I never heard that before. No, it's something that pierces you where you see it, you live it, and you can't do without it. It's like you, you're walking this thing out. Not see, you could tell it hasn't pierced you when it only lasts in that moment. You know, and that's that's been the history of church. You come to church, you know, dude, pump you up, you know, you know, you sing a good song, holler. You know, I was. Uh, Talking to one of the guys, uh, they was talking about. They they would speak. They spoke before a game. Man, I had them 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 kids so charged up. You know, it's a powerful speech. And the speech was what for the moment. But they ain't gonna live off of that speech for the next game, right? You know, you almost like need another speech. But when you have revelation, it carries you. Like when I start to see certain things, it, it I. Like, I live in it because it's like, duh, this is what it's been the whole time. You know, like, like, like I'm, let's just think of something. Like, understanding that Jesus was the healer, and all I need to do is be obedient to what his word says, and he'll heal folk. Man, it's just, it's, it's a whole nother flow. How to yield to the Holy Spirit. Like, if you yield, he shows up. Like, I used to get up and start teaching, and I'd be like, now, I, I studied this out. This wasn't. This ain't going the way I studied it out, like first three or four words I would say, And then on the inside, I'd be like, well, Holy Spirit, well, we won't be, I'm going to keep talking stupid until you show up. So I'll just keep, I'll just keep looking back. But I know you, you're going to show up. And the Holy Spirit, like, I knew that, like, the Holy Spirit would show up. There's certain situations we're in in our life, we both will go, well, knowing God. Not, 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 man, if, if this goes bad. No, I, the, our first thought is what? Well, knowing God, he got something special playing here. It just becomes real. So you start doing stuff because no God. I mean, I mean that's how we're in Charlotte. That's how I ended up in, in Ohio. Like, I got, I got a revelation. Leave. And 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 I was so blinded by that light, I didn't realize I could have left later, you know, finished my season out in the pro league, you know. I'm out there balling like I, you know, and as much as I love to play basketball, but I left after the first game, cause I saw something. Uh, we were talking. Somebody asked me the other day. We was talking when 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 I when I got the revelation. That's my wife, regardless of the circumstances. That was my wife. Like so, I've been playing off of that for the longest. Like okay, I don't. I don't care what's going on, that's my wife. So it's like you see it. It's not, it's not, uh-oh, circumstances. Uh-oh. Ooh, ooh, ah, ooh. No, it ain't circumstances ain't got nothing to do with it. So no matter how things have gone behind the scenes, which which y'all don't know, but she knows, uh, sometimes, you know, you're trying to keep a church going. A lot of churches fall just because of finances, because people don't give nothing. And so I was talking to a friend of mine today. I said, "Well," he says, "He says so. Yeah, you guys looking for buildings, so you guys saving money." I said, "Well, we already been saving money." I said, "So you know, we just have to have a particular down payment." I, so I told him, I said, "Well, last year our reserves was at twenty five hundred dollars." What I think is uh, and you know, our budget is way more than twenty five hundred dollars a month. And so, but I, we didn't we didn't have a conversation at that time. Now again. Am I saying, man? We, we, we. I'm having to come to church and say we gotta leave. We can't stay if we don't have the money. Does that did that cross my mind? Yeah. But but we were as we were talking. It's, like, it's not our church. It's God's church. So we just keep on going with the week. We just say how it flows. And within a few months, it went from 2,500 to 20,000. In a few months. You know what I'm saying? So so what I'm saying is it's something that, that when I, revelation pierced you, you flow different. You know, um I just want to give you David. So David operated in all three anointings. And so 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 you might be able to relate to this in your life. So of course, uh, you know, Samuel poured that oil on him. You know, uh that was when he was crossing over, uh, you know, that was the leper's anointing. And you could tell he was still in the leper's anointing because you're, look, David was still tending sheep. He was still serving Saul. Like, even though he was anointed, like, he didn't, see, look, this is how we think. Well, I'm anointed. Where do I start? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you start in preparation. So David went right back out there and do them sheep. And then even when he elevated at the stage of that anointing, at his best, he was playing a harp for Saul, serving Saul, right. So at that leper's anointing, you're still, you're still, again, you're still operating in a level of service. Then he crossed over when he became king of Judah. He crossed over to that priestly anointing. Then when he became king of both Israel and Judah, that was that kingly anointing, right? Crossed over to that kingly anointing where he, you know, he had. Uh, He's operating as a whole other level of abilities <laughs> with kingly anointing, right? And see, so, so the scripture says the heir is no different from a servant as long as he's a child, but is under tutors and governors to the appointed time of the father, Galatians 4, 1 and 2. So, so there's, 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 this, there's a process. Uh, he that is faithful in the least will be faithful in the much. So how you handle each level of the anointing determines if you're going to the next level. And that's what happened with David. The first anointing didn't take him beyond slave status with Saul. Not until the third anointing did he receive dominion and authority over Israel. Right? Dominion and authority is when you reach that third anointing. Like when you're, you're walking in a whole nother level of power. And, so, and that's what happens. Like when, when, when you operate in that kingly anointing, the Holy Spirit shows up thick and announces his interest. You remember, like that outpouring. Uh, everything started to rock and to shake and closing tongues of to fire. Like it was obvious these folk is is impacted a certain way, right? So he announces his interest, but he flows out of you miraculously into someone else. So so that so so you'll find yourself when you're praying and, and ministering to people is the power the outpouring is in the place, but the Holy Spirit is 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 flushing it through you imparting to impart into somebody else. That's when you actually know what's taking place with someone else. You sense. There's times when the Holy Spirit flows to you, you won't even recognize some things. And that's, you know, remember Samuel, uh, 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 what's it, First uh, Samuel 10, 6, Saul was changed into another man. He was turned into another man. There was an impartation. It says he was, he was prophesying with the prophets. And then 2 Kings 2, 9 through 14, Remember, Elijah was is like, he says, I want a double portion of, of, of your anointing. Remember, Elijah uh, slapped that mantle on him, right? He slapped that mantle. So he had the, uh, the ability to, to impart. You know, uh, it is said that Charles Finney would bring a cloud of the anointing over a whole city when he came. The, anoint, the, the people would fill the anointing outside the meeting. People would fall out under the power outside, like outside the door. Right, but that was that's impartation. That's a whole other level, because because when you when you see that level of power, no one understands it. Words are too limited to explain it. All you can know that it's from uh, uh, it's just limited power. E- even scientists have reported that there's a force that keeps our body and all nature together. They d- but they can't. They can't qu- quantify it logically. They just know it's a force, you know, and, and it's that force that was breathed into the years ago. And you, but they know it, it's a powerful force. Force. So, so they they can they don't understand it, and, and they don't have any words to explain it. But they know it exists. This even scientists. Um, if you get a chance, read you watch the case for Christ. You know they covered some of that stuff. And so, so it's it's a whole nother level, um, but it's a whole nother level that happens through obedience, and that's when God may tell you to lay hands on something, imparting to somebody, He may tell you to to call people up and, and pray for their healing or whatever, and but see, your He's He's working with His word, to with uh, with uh, signs and wonders, you know. Is working with His Word to to help perform it. So that's why a lot of times people don't experience that power because it takes a different level of belief, a belief to be obedient to do something that's going to seem foolish even to the audience. You know, it, it, it's it's just a whole nother flow. Like it's just uh, I'll end with this. I'll you know I was young, you know, up and coming minister. Uh, at our last church and so we had a system it was, it was the church was more pastor center you know we do a lot of different things where you guys are allowed to do stuff uh so this particular day the pastor was just like okay well this is uh we're gonna pray for folk today but uh, let's bring my ministers up let's have my ministers come up so we come up and so there's people coming up and he says you know okay so you guys minister to the people today and so I just always learned don't lay hands on no man suddenly. Yeah, I know uh one minister was laying hands to cast out a, de- a devil, but he didn't have the 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 kingly anointing on his life. But he was trying to operate the kingly anointing on was like, "Well, the well, the demons jumped into him. This is not Bible. This is actually a documented man of God. You know, this is uh he's a, out of Ohio. And so the demon jumped on him because like he wasn't operate. He didn't have that authority. He just was, you know, mimicking what somebody else was doing. So I, so the Bible says, don't lay hands on no man suddenly. So I, I be praying like before I do stuff to make sure I'm obedient. So I, again, the Lord I had to be obedient, but the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take your fist like a defibrillator. I want you to hit this guy in the chest as hard as you can. Now, first of all. I, I wasn't all cool with that person like that, you know. And whether I was like in front of the, these thousands of people, you hitting this person in the chest, they could hit you back. <laughs> like, but I I know that's what the Lord told me to do. So I said, well, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I told the person, I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna I'm put my fist up like a defibrillator, and and what you're believing, what you came here for today, what you believing for, you gonna get. I ain't know what it was. Hadn't talked to the person. And I did it, a person fell out, and as far as I was concerned, I was just being obedient. I found out, maybe five to seven years later, we, were, we was about to come out here, we were sitting at uh, Eaton, and uh, it was actually, uh, who's pastor it now. He says, I never told y'all this story. He says, uh, but I had came to church that day, I think I told you guys this before, but he said, he said Lord, if, if I don't experience you today, I'm done with all this church, living for God. I'm gonna go get me a uh, so a bag of weed, a you know, forty ounce, and I'm I'm just going I'm chilling. But 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 he did something. He for lack of better words, he dared God. You know what I'm saying? So, so he actually actually says, okay, I need to I need to see something today, and so. Uh, he said he came up, and then I happened to pray for him. He said, but when I hit him in the, in the chest, he said almost like a bolt of light or whatever went through him. And he said from that day forward, his whole life changed. He got what he, he needed to. And and eventually he was, uh, only because it was my job, I appointed him as a uh yeah, oversee the ministers for a while and then of course he's he's pastor the uh, emerging ministries out there in uh in uh Columbus Ohio so again but I had to be obedient so something was imparted into him because of obedience and that's how you operate in a kingly anointing not just when you uh, operate in pre pretense so again we said that to enter in you got to go through Jesus right and so I'm the way the truth and the life no man comes to the Father but by me john fourteen six and then uh, we talked about how why, because the wages of sin is death. I didn't give you the scripture, but it's uh uh romans six twenty three I believe uh the, the payment for sin is death, and then it, then uh, so Jesus died, and he gave his life, and the life is in the blood uh hebrews nine twenty two there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. Then we talked about john three three uh that uh, except you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. So you're not believing for something that you can't see. But if you're not born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And born again is not just born of the water, which is our natural birth, but born of the spirit, which is our spiritual birth, John 3, uh, 5. We talked about that. And then we got into Luke. It says, enter into the straight gate. So we're talking about entering in, but you got to enter in the straight gate, Uh, enter in at the door. So then Jesus told us in John 10 that he is the door. He said, I am the door, you know. So, you basically, you got to come through me. Uh, John 10, we read verses uh, you know, like probably 1 through 2, 1 through 3, and then we read verse 7, and we read verse 10, right? And so, so and then we got into Hebrews, Hebrews 6, 19, and 20, where, where, again, God was establishing us to enter in beyond the veil, but he set Jesus ahead of us. And it says he's in the form of, in the order of Melchizedek, uh, Hebrews 6, 19, and 20, in the order of Melchizedek. Well, Melchizedek was king, he was uh, uh, king and priest, or priest and king. And so Jesus has the kingly and priestly anointing, which we talked about today. He didn't need the leper's anointing because that's for cleansing. That's when you first are cleansed of your sins you, you and allowed to get into the kingdom. But we can't stay at the altar, we got to advance to. The priestly, which is what we've been talking about on Sunday at 9.15, Master Life, becoming more disciples. So you don't, you, see, when you're, when you accept salvation or the indwelling of the Spirit, it's about you. Somebody's delivering you. But they're delivering you. Now you cross over to the priestly alone, and your next thing is to look to deliver others. Not sit around saying, what about me? 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 Well, you'll find out which for you, by investing your life in others, so that's the priestly anointing, then you cross over to the kingly anointing, which is, you know, when you start to walk in more power and more authority, where you change atmospheres, where you change rooms, you change games, you change stadiums, you change businesses, you know, you have, you start to, you have the the ability to affect any atmosphere you're in, binding and loosing in any atmosphere, but that's out of obedience not out of selfishness because you have liberty as we said is not a liberty as occasion to the flesh you learn that at the second level the priestly anointing when you invest in your life and other people's it's not about you now when you're promoted to the kingly anointing you'll use that power in his in the right time and in the right place for god's actual purpose and not for self if you're about self in the least you're going to be about self in the more and so that's why we got to come through Jesus because when we harmonize with Jesus, we harmonize with both the kingly and the priestly anointing. Not just the, not just the, the heart to serve as, as Jesus is our Savior, but also the power and authority that can bind and loose the adversary. You know, like, the, and, and, to, and to just keep navigating. Jesus went into towns and healed everything walking. That was that, that, that kingly anointing. Like, and he cast out demons, like, at every level, even the highest level with the 2,000 demons. He cast them all out because he's operating in the, in the kingly anointing. But he said, this comes out by prayer and fasting. This is a whole nother level of entering in. So you can't be casual in your relationship and expect to walk in all power. All right, so that's all uh, for today. And uh, let's see, what did we learn? What stood out? What did we realize? How were we challenged? What did it make you think about?